We're heading into a cheaper commodity price environment. That's right. What you produce is going to sell for less in 2024. So how do you maximize your fertility investment in a sub $5 corn environment or sub $12 bean environment, whatever that should be? That's what we're talking about in this episode of Extreme Ice Cutting the Curve. Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where real farmers share real insights and real results to help you improve your farming operation. This episode of Cutting the Curve is brought to you by Kloss, where machines aren't just made, they're made for more. With a wide range of tractors, combines, foragers, and hay tools, Kloss is a family business just as driven, demanding, and dedicated as yours. Go to Kloss.com and start cutting your curve with their cutting edge equipment. And now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Hey there, welcome to another fantastic episode of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. we got Galen Beer from AgroLiquid, and i got Kelly Garrett, one of the founders of Extreme Ag. And we're talking about some harsh realities. Commodity prices are going to be down. It looks like it's we've been predicting now for about a year that 2024 is going to be the year of adjusting downward in terms of farm revenue. If that's the case, how can you keep your head above water and keep your fields and your crops thriving with cheaper commodity prices, maximizing your fertility investment in a sub $5 or sub $12 bean, sub $5 corn environment. That's what we're talking about. Galen, you kind of proposed this subject and I like it. It plays right into stuff that we talk about, about spoon feeding, about uh, times of critical intervention in the plant, et cetera, versus just being, you know, nilly, willy nilly and going and flinging a bunch of uh, fertilizer out there that may or may not get utilized. Is that really the trick? Yeah, that you're uh, alluding to exactly what we got to be looking at this coming year, Damian. I I did a uh, cash flow or a profitability analysis for 200 bushel of the acre corn in in the corn belt, and you know eight percent is about all the room guys have left. And we talk about uh, you'll hear us talk about occasionally that a good recommendation is sort of art, and that's that's looking at your profitability picture, your agronomics and your economics and all those kind of have to come together with your experience to make that recommendation this year and being very um, strategic with your uh, you know your spend is going to be smart we're gonna have to get the scalpel out a little bit I think. Kelly you and I talked about this a couple of different times I've been hearing it since I was a child oh those people are gonna come in they're they're, they're big farmers they're gonna pay a bunch of cash yeah. rent and they're going to mine the soil. They're going to just rape your ground. You said two years ago, I'm going to dispel that myth. I, I don't really think that happens. And, and I think that that's more coffee shop talk anyway. And you and I both agree. But then there's the other reality that, you know, flinging a bunch of fertilizer out there maybe wasn't the opposite of raping the ground anyhow. It might have been washing away. It might be going through the water table. So really... Being more judicious with fertility happened a couple of years ago when fertilizer prices spiked, and then it made us realize that maybe we were we were unnecessarily using fertilizer that wasn't getting to the plant anyhow. So I kind of think that's where this whole theme goes with what our topic is today. I agree. Uh, the idea that somebody comes and rapes the soil. Now, when I say that, that is in my geography with the Iowa soil that again, Chad and Temple and Matt giving me a hard time about that. What happens here is the soil is out of balance. And some of the reason that the soil gets put out of balance is 
is because of that dry spreader, it, it steers things in the wrong direction sometimes, in my opinion. And again, when I, how I define balance is base saturation. So if you don't pay attention to your base saturation, your calcium, magnesium levels, things like that, or you're not aware of it, it, it continues to amaze me how many growers don't understand what base saturation is. It should be your number one yield limiting factor. And if you have worked on that and you have tried to do your best to keep your soil balanced, it's not a black and white issue, but it, you know, it's a, there's a gray area there and varying degrees of success. If you have worked on that and then you go into a, a season like this, I would way, way rather live off of my balanced soil and cut out this year's spend on dry fertility and stick with my liquid program because you're going to see a bigger ROI. That I would not cut the liquid program first. I would cut the dry program first. By the way, I think there's the sound bite. There's the sound bite that I think is a good one for the season. It's also when you're talking about the balancing of the economics, because I think you're balancing plant, balancing soil, and balancing the economics. That's what the cool part here is. This is going to be a theme for us this season, I think. Uh, but also, I think Galen got just a little bit giddy right there. If you're going to cut out fertility, cut out the bulk dry stuff, not the liquid stuff. And I think giddy, I think, I think he, he didn't just get giddy. I think that like he, 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 he like, he, he it was like. <laughs> he did salty. seem to perk up a little bit. He did seem I, to perk I, up a little bit. I was watching him when I said it and I'm not trying to advertise for agro liquid. It's true. If you want, you know, I would challenge everyone listening to this. You go out and go out on a 160 acre farm and put your dry fertility on half and put your liquid fertility on half, you, you you shouldn't continue to do that for the rest of your life, but do that one time and you tell me what has the better yield. I'll, I'll, I'll make a healthy bet with you. Everybody knows I like to game. I know what's gonna I, win, I'll bet on the liquid side. I'm not gonna play poker because apparently I, I can't hide my exuberance here. So uh, I won't make that bet with you, Kelly, but I, I you make a great point here. Um, you know, if you've managed well, and that's what we hope guys are doing. I think we've reached that point. This is a type of year to stop and not just pull out your soil test and look and say, oh, it says I need 15 pounds of zinc sulfate. I'm going to go apply it. We need our pencil out with that. And to Kelly's point, strategic placement might be the key this year. Some zinc in that starter program, some zinc in a strip-till program, or even a Y-drop program. And that's kind of what we're talking about is let's let's challenge ourselves to stop and think a little bit about our options and be strategic when it comes to crop nutrition. I like the whole topic because, it, first off, I said the balance of three things, soil, plant, and economics, and all this talk about sustainability. We say it all the time here at Extreme Ag. Well, just, there's no such thing as sustainable if you're broke. <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're farming operation, there's nothing, there's nothing sustainable about being out of business. And this is an important time. It's been a little easier the last couple of years. And I'm not being mean, but it's been a little easier to, to, you didn't have to be as judicious with your spend when you had good commodity prices and good yields. Now you've got to really start thinking about this. So what's the first consideration? Kelly says, uh, don't, don't cut back on the liquid. Is there anything else? What, what am I doing also to maximize my fertility investment, Kelly? Uh, what we do is variable rate, you know, uh, variable rate nitrogen with our anhydrous, you know, variable rate seeding, putting what fertility we, we need where. 
you know, and, and again, you know, the reason I talk about cutting out that, that dry program in a tighter year is because if you have worked on your soil in, in years of good prices and good margins and things like that, your soil will sustain a year of two of, of living off that savings account, if you will. But your, but your crop will not live without, you know, if you're trying to raise, you're an intensive managed grower, you're trying to raise those extra bushels and create that extra margin that is created from the liquid program from the full. I don't even want to say liquid because I, I want to say foliar program would be more uh, uh, the spoon feeding program you have. That's where the extra bushels and the extra margin come from. And you'd be making a mistake if you cut that out, in my opinion. You meet with somebody, Yalen, you talk to farmers all the time. Your, your, your geography is huge. We just talked about you're up in Canada. You, you, you yourself farm in Oklahoma. I don't know why they don't get any rain there. I mean, <laughs> tumbleweeds don't need fertilizer. Anyway, you've got a pretty big footprint. The one thing that's a constant is they're all dealing with the same commodity uh, markets. So tell me, kind of take us down the road. And when you say, hey, I want you to still be in business, you can be a customer five years from now um, to do that. I'm going to help you maximize your fertility investment. Give me like the one, two, and three of that. No matter where you are, geography, you know, whatever. Yes. Yep. 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 And, and trust me, the, uh, it's going to be different everywhere. And so, uh, and the extreme ag guys are good at this. Number one, get an inventory of what you already have. That's through a soil test. Number two, make sure that we, uh, are understanding what crop is being grown because, uh, certain crops have, uh, biases towards certain nutrients. In other words, you'll get a better bang for your buck out of some nutrients than other. So corn loves zinc and boron. Doesn't mean we ignore uh, manganese and iron and copper, but they drop down the priority list. Whereas um, if you talk soybeans, manganese and iron better rise to the top of the list. And if you're looking at wheat, you're gonna have manganese and iron and sulfur rising to the top of that list. And so this is the type of year that Perfect might not be achievable. Let's prioritize and rank order what we need, and then we can start establishing our spend accordingly. Soil test, crop planted. The third thing then was what's what's the, the... was understanding the uh, crop nutrient biases and prioritizing those. <clears throat> Do you start then, you know, if you look at the family budget, uh, you start saying, okay, here's the, I'm going to cut this. I'm going to cut that. Do you think farmers are going through that? It sounds like they are. Kelly said, all right, maybe you got some stuff in the bank and cut this. Where, where does the cut where, you know, Kelly says the last thing to cut is the liquid program. Do, do we just cut bulk altogether? Do we, do we cut bulk by 10%? Do we cut it completely? Kind of walk me through how, if you were sitting down with the checkbook, how you would start going about the, the, the budgeting me yeah, or Dave? For, yeah, go ahead Gabe. which yeah 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 for me and then kelly can chime in uh he talks about balance I, i'm not gonna i might not eliminate bulk spreading altogether i mean there's a a spot for dry spread of potash in order to balance a soil like Cal, uh, kelly has mentioned i view it as an a soil yeah. amendment in that capacity but I am I am going to sit down and say, is, is it right for my situation? And so you also have to look at your resources available and your time management. In a perfect world, I think guys can do 
a tremendous job with a sound liquid program to get them through this year because it delays those decisions a little bit. Let you see, let you see if commodity prices might blip up here. Um, you can delay that zinc application until you get into planting time or even uh, Y drop time or slide dress time. Whereas if you're going to do a bulk spread, that decision needs to be made now. Yeah. So that's, that's the, uh, Kelly, I was just thinking about the timing of that bulk stuff happens generally fall, fall, winter, maybe early nope. spring. Um, some of the stuff we can still be making. We've just, we've recorded, you and I have recorded about deciding on the last pass you and me and Galen, I think, or Temple and Galen and I have recorded yep. about that. You can just, you can still make decisions mid season, late season on some of the stuff like their products. But and you can do that based on what the yield looks like, what the weather's giving you, and what the commodity prices maybe have moved to. So kind of the budget decisions also are a point in time decision. They are, and that's that's part of the reason that the dry spread gets kept and the foliar part gets cut out. You get to July and August, um, it's a poor time of year. You you've spent a lot of your line of credit. It might be dry out or the, you know, the, the board of trade might not look as attractive, things like that. So it takes a very forward thinking individual to decide in October or November, I'm going to cut out the dry or I'm going to reduce the dry and stick with my foliar. Um, in other areas, you know, like what Galen talked about, keeping the potash, other areas of the country where he's at in Oklahoma or where Chad's at, things like that. I, um, you know, he doesn't want to cut out some of that dry. I understand here. You know, uh, the top six inches of my soil has 4,400 pounds of K. What I need to do is work to make it become available. The idea that I need to put on 100 pounds of 0060 every year, I don't think it's needed. You know, and we need to pay attention. There's other areas, there's other customers and people I work here with my plant food business that we look at the base saturation. They'll have 500 parts per million of, of K. It's just not available because the base saturation is off. So if we work to balance that soil, they've got a huge savings account of fertility there. And we can put that put those dollars when they're a little tighter in another area to try to widen out those margins. I like this topic right here because, and, and it's not, all right, Galen, this goes to you. It's, you're not in any way nitpicking or criticizing, but when things are, it's the old thing, you know, look at companies, look at everybody, look at family budgets, whatever. When things are flush, you get a little sloppy. Where do you think a farming operation could easily pull back some fertilizer? They've, they've done some things that are unnecessary. Kelly just mentioned the potassium thing. If you're dumping out a, a high potassium uh, product, it's unnecessary in his in his situation. Where do you think, in general, there's some fat to be chewed uh, at the farm uh, farm fertility program? I I think uh, definitely when it comes to applying phosphorus and micronutrients, I think there's uh, some big gains that can be had had to help you through this, and that's by being uh, careful with your applications, abandoning those nutrients where they're very accessible to the plant. So I think a starter, strip till, side dress, two by two. I think those are things guys can approach this year. And the other thing, guys, you know, in agriculture, we don't think about this a lot, but money costs more today. <laughs> so if you go back and you're going to dry spread and you're going to dry spread in November, the interest clock probably started ticking on you then. Well, if you could get by with banding phosphorus and zinc on corn, 
when you plant uh, in a two by two or in furrow, okay, well, I just bought myself uh, six months less interest. And those are the little things that we're not conditioned to think about that we can think about this year or should think about. Well, I heard right there, first off, the Kelly example of you're, you were putting out stuff because the co-op was willing to sell it to you, but you absolutely didn't need it, like the potassium situation for Kelly. That's that's an accurate statement, right, Kelly? That you, right. somebody, a retailer, and it's not because they're mean, it's just because of what they do. It's probably because it's their standard package. You didn't need it. So you're buying stuff you didn't need. Uh, Galen's got a point of you could probably start uh, more judiciously or more at point of time applying stuff, I guess is what I'm hearing right there. And uh, consideration besides just the buying of the product is the cost of the money at 8% or not. I, Farm Credit just sent me a thing, tells me that their operating line is 9.6. So if I can hold off on using 9.6% money uh, from what, spring until later in the summer, that's, that's four months of- yep. Anything we missed on maximizing fertility investment in a sub five dollar corn or sub twelve dollar soybean environment? Is there anything we missed, Kelly? You're you're always about the money, and you you willingly admit agronomics. Uh, you've got Evans as your agronomic guy. You're you're a B plus at agronomics, but an A but an A at the at the business side of it. You I think willingly admit that. What is it that you're hearing from Evans? What's he saying about your fertility investment? Evans has been looking for any fat that we can trim because of the, the money side, you know, and in, in areas of great mar in times of great margin, that's when we should be taking advantage of that extra margin and looking for what works and what doesn't work because the only thing that's certain is it's going to come around and get tight again. Uh, I would tell you, you know, the last couple of years, we've done a lot of nitrogen trials. We've done a lot of fertility studies, obviously with extreme ag, the big, you know, if I could touch on what the question you had for Galen, the biggest, two biggest areas of fat here are nitrogen. Uh, people put on too much anhydrous, in my opinion, based on our trials. We had a, a 0, 60, 120, 180, and 240 pounds of anhydrous. I'll tell you, zero was by far the worst, but 60 pounds of anhydrous all the way up to 240. You know what the yield difference was from top to bottom? About five bushel. And, and so... The, the 60 bushel, the 60 pounds of anhydrous was by far, was by far the most profitable. The other area of fat that needs to be trimmed or needs to be looked at is the, uh, the application of the dry P and K. Doesn't mean we don't need it, but if you're not addressing those base saturation concerns, mother nature is tying up that phosphorus and pushing that K out. You know, I've, that's what I referenced. I've, I've seen people with 500 parts per million of, of K, but it's not available. And they and their plants will show potassium deficiency, and they have continue to put on K. You've got extra there; it's not available because your base saturation is two instead of four percent. Um, that there's a lot of fat that can be trimmed right there because you're not addressing the the needs in the right priority. Caitlin, he says that nitrogen gets uh, is a fat to be trimmed because it's generally overapplied. I think we can all agree on that. A lot, oftentimes, phosphorus, phosphates have been as well over to, yeah. over historically, and then also making sure that you the stuff you have that you're getting it accessible. Uh, what else do you add to that when you're talking about ways that uh, a, a grower can maximize fertility investment in this kind of environment? Well, I think I think you know when uh, 
when you know anyone goes to a doctor they think the doctor's the authority whatever the doctor says they do and sometimes as growers where that way when we get that soil test result back it says on the bottom put 250 pounds of nitrogen 100 pounds of phosphorus whatever and we just think well hey they're the authority we do it i did that on a midwest soil test the other day and uh, just plugged in the cost of that with that $5 corn and 200 bushels breaker, and it was a minus 100 profit. And I don't think any of us want a minus 100 profit. And that's where guys can't just show, take that up to the co-op and drop it off and say, hey, that's what it says I need. That's what I've got to do. We got to think these things through. Uh, do I want to put out 200 pounds of nitrogen, 160, 150? Sometimes that'll work for me. We just have to think about this a little bit more differently this year. Kelly nodded his head. You can get us out of here on that. I like it right there because the point is, yeah, this is some alleged expert recommendation. Well, there's also the recommendation of you've got to, you've got the, you've got the obligation to remain solvent, and that's what I'm hearing now. Exactly. Kelly, what else? You got anything? Is that it? No, I mean, we really need to pay attention to our bottom lines this year. We need to really think twice about the money we're spending and the priority we're putting on things. And uh, we, Damien, or Galen hit it on the head. We don't want to see any red. We want to see green. We want to see positives, not minuses. Yeah, I like the fact that when he just said he took the basic recommendation for a Midwestern operation and ended up losing you $100 an acre. So if that's what right. you want to do, follow the recommendation. Otherwise, yes. uh, otherwise, get, otherwise, listen to this and and make some critical decisions and some critical analysis based on that. That's why we're here. It's ExtremeAg.Farm, Galen Beer from AgroLiquid. If you want to learn more, go to agroliquid.com. If you want to find out more from all of our discussions about fertilizer, we have literally hundreds of videos just like this, hundreds of podcasts cutting the curve, also videos that these guys shoot in the field. If you want to take your learning to the next level, become an Extreme Ag member for $750 a year. You can get direct access to people like Kelly to go a little deeper on a topic. You also get access to the data from all the trials that we do. And you get some uh, some special exclusive content. So uh, consider doing that for the 2024. A lot of people set resolutions. You know what? Maybe your resolution should be to become uh, up your game in 2024. You can do that being an Extreme Ag member. Till next time, thanks for being here. He's Galen Beer. And he's Kelly Garrett. I'm Damian Mason. That's a wrap for this episode of Cutting the Curve. Make sure to check out ExtremeAg.Farm for more great content to help you squeeze more profit out of your farming operation. Cutting the Curve is brought to you by Kloss, where machines aren't just made, they're made for more. Visit kloss.com and start cutting your curve with cutting edge equipment. <laughs>